Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right, we're back here at Yankee Stadium as we get ready for a wild card game this evening. You'll hear it right here on the fan pregame coming up your, coming your way at 7.30. Right now, the Yankee general manager is Brian Cashman. Cash, welcome. How are you? Hey, Mike. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Uh, welcome to another postseason. What number is this for you this year? This year? Uh, I have no idea. The only thing that matters is what we do, obviously. You know, what was the tonight. first one? 90 what? 8? 97? 98? Well, SGM 98. SGA 98. Um, okay, so, yeah. it's a, so it's it's 20 years of that right now. Uh, what's your thoughts? of your? How do you feel about this addition as they hit the postseason? I mean, I like our team, um, but no more than they like their team, you know, and yeah, I... Uh, it's a beautiful day out there. I drove into, you know, knowing that nothing happens by by my hand tonight. It's really going to be, you know, all these guys competing against each other. And, you know, we hope we bring our A game because we're going to need it. You know, this is a very dangerous team in the Oakland uh, club that Bob Melvin and Billy Bean and all constructed. And, and uh, you know, so, and you watched last night's game play out with Chicago and Colorado and, and uh, the twists and turns and the extra innings. And, and I was on the seat, you know, on the seat of my uh, chair the whole game with that one, and I wasn't even invested. And so I can't imagine again. I've been through the wild card games already a few times over, and and now you know at least we're fortunate enough to be in one again tonight. You know, uh, Cash, it's, it, uh, you had a lot of things that movable parts here at the end of the season: injuries, the half deal, uh, decisions to be made. Uh, let's start with that: the decision as to who would start the game. Uh, how did you feel about the final decision? And, you know, uh, yesterday Aaron took ownership of it, said, you know, really at the end it was my decision. Uh, you comfortable with Severino? And, you know, what was your thoughts process as you came down to, to making that decision? Yeah, we, we definitely had a lot of dialogue over the last uh, two to three weeks about, you know, you know what we would do. And, and the reason we had so much dialogue on it is I believe there's a number of different legitimate options and a number of different lanes you can drive in. And, and so uh, I'm comfortable with Seve without question. Uh, I would have been comfortable with, with Tanaka or, or Hap. Um, you know, so I, I just feel that that's – and I also would have been comfortable with the bullpenning it, you know, if you had to do it that way too. I just feel like there was a number of different ways to go and trying to pick the right one is uh, the process we have to discuss and, and deal with. But I, I think that Booney ultimately made the right choice with Seve. And, uh, you know, I think he's pitched extremely well for us all year for the most part. He, had, he obviously pitched poorly for a period of time, but uh, it looks like he's back on track. And, 
and uh, you know it's all hands on deck. Regardless, uh, if, if he stumbles, then then you know he'll he'll go another direction. We have a lot of legitimate choices, but it was a lot of dialogue because I think there was a number of different ways you could play it. Uh, how about your injury situation? You feel comfortable now about uh, DD? You feel comfortable about Chapman, key guys, and whether they're healthy and mended? Yeah, I think uh, I think. Thankfully, uh, you know, we got healthy at the right time. We certainly missed some guys for an extended period of time, and, and they all declared themselves towards the end as, as being, you know, fit and ready to go. And uh, so I, I feel like we're entering postseason and today's date uh, with a fully deployable uh, arsenal of personnel, and that's all you could hope for. And then now, now we just hope that uh, our best can beat their best and see where it takes us. But I feel good about where they are, both physically and mentally, and, and I think they're prepared and ready to go and hungry for it. And but everything I say first doesn't really matter, and second, they can say the exact same thing from their dugout. So uh, we'll see what happens. All right, take me through a trade, and was this just? It just was uh, get rid of a guy that obviously, you know, was expendable in Shreve and coming up with Voight. Now, the guy's gone unconscious here. He's got a 1-1 uh, OPS. He's hit a zillion home runs in 130 at-bats. Uh, is it you had your eye on this guy? And, yes, I think this was a good part on, on a good, really good job on our part, or was it a little bit of luck? You know, uh, well, in Voight's case, he had been, you know, first base wasn't supposed to be a problem, obviously. You know, uh, I think we all expected, you know, uh, great things from Bird, and, it, yep. and obviously it just didn't happen. So, so anyway, we, uh, you know, we certainly went to, to discuss a lot of different options in our job on a simple, simple form is to find upgrades in any area that, that we can. And so, you know, uh, St. Louis had always had an affinity for Shreve. Um, we were looking for not just uh, an upgrade, alternative potential to uh, first base as we move forward, uh, you know, because Tyler Rossum was going to be out of options. We were also looking for international slot money. So um, Voight showed up on our radar a couple of years ago, uh, but our analytics department, you know, guys like Sam Waters, John Morris, Justin Sims, Theo Fetter, those guys, uh, you know, pushing and pounding the table to David Grabner, our, our director of analytics, and Mike Fishman, you know, those guys had been tracking Voight for the last few years, thought he was a player that was blocked in the St. Louis system, could be a nice alternative for us. Uh, he has options, so he, we felt that he would give us flexibility to the right-handed bat that Austin was going to had been providing for us as we move forward. And, and uh, those guys, everything they had said that, you know, was possible has is, is come to light. And Voight really has just, in the end, earned everything he's gotten by coming in here and doing what he's done. So it, it's been, it was a big under-the-radar move that's paying huge dividends. We, we got him as a protection mechanism at the very least with some upside, and, and he's played a much bigger role than that. And, and so, again, I got to I gotta point to Sam Waters, John Morris, Justin Sims, and Theo Fetter, along with the rest of our analytics crew, um, for, for pushing that. And I got, if I remember right, Kish, he, he went down right away. Didn't he have like 18 at-bats and go back to the minors? He did, right? Didn't, didn't he go back down? Yeah, well, we, yes, exactly. We got him. Uh, he, he, I, think, I think we, you know, baptism by fire into the uh, Boston series. Um, maybe it was David Price or what have you. And, and I, you know, I think just kind of following the media reports of Voight, vocalized that he tried to do too much when he just got here, tried to make a too strong an impression and, and got out of his own you know, uh, zone and 
Uh, so he, he struggled with us, and then we sent him down to AAA, and then he, you know, he was working with Phil Plantier, a AAA hitting coach, and got back on track. And and uh, and when he came back here, he's he's been nothing but hit. You know, he, he's just a massive human being with <laughs> with the ability to impact the baseball with with impact, and and thankfully he's doing it for us at the right time. I mean, the guy's batting fifth in the lineup in the playoff game. So how about that? I mean, it's an amazing story. It really is an incredible story. One of those wild ones, uh, and he really is. And he's had an impact on the team, too. Some guys, you know, uh, have an impact. They're infectious. He kind of seemed to have an impact on the, on the, on the dugout, too. They, they get a kick out of him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I just sit watching it from afar, like the rest of us. He he seems got a little bit of a. I told him, I said, you remind me of my favorite wrestler growing up, Jerry the King Lawler. He's got this WWE infectious type, you know, pizzazz to him, and and uh, and I love you know when he does a little skip when the ball's off the bat and he thinks it's going to be out of the park, you know, and and you see how he turns the dugout and reacts to them with emotion, and that's that's all uplifting stuff and you know, cr- trying to create positive uh, momentum, and and so I'm much appreciative and. Glad he's doing what he's doing for us and happy for him because in the end of the day, it's all on him. You know, what he's done and the name he's creating for himself is because the results he's he's accomplishing on on his own. So, Yeah, really amazing story. We're talking with Brian Cashman as we get ready for the Yankees uh, wild card game. The other big issue tonight, other than Severino, is Sanchez. And Yankee fans, as you know, we've debated, it's been a conversation a lot, worried about his defense. Uh, to be fair, Aaron has been incredibly in his corner. He has never blinked the whole last month about whether he would be in there or not. Uh, do you share his trust that everything's okay with him defensively? Yeah, I mean, I, I listen, I... I don't think Aaron or I, you know, don't admit that he has deficiencies that obviously come up every now and then. And, and, uh, you know, uh, I don't think that it, it, we're not going to decline or deny that aspect of it, but at the end of the day, what he does bring and the positives that he brings far outweigh the negatives. Uh, when it's all said and done, we believe and, and we're willing to roll with that because, you know, he's an impact player and, uh, is he finished off? Is he perfect? He's not, but I think that, uh, he does carry works extremely hard and I think he has a chance to be a difference maker every time he's on that field. And so we're, we're certainly, p- uh, playing on that. And, uh, and that's the way it's going to roll. I think he's the best catcher on this club, and he's uh, the best hitter at that position on this club. And, and because he checks both those boxes, uh, that's why he's obviously getting the bulk of the playing time. What's, you know, listen, the defense we knew about, what, what, what do you think's going on with his hitting this year? That's a good question. I mean, some of it, you know, uh, you know based on our behind-the-scenes metrics, you know, have a fair share of bad luck. But other, some of it obviously doesn't get category categorized as that too. I think there is definitely a period of time where his confidence wavered. Um, you know, and he, he got lost, you know, because when you get on that bad side of the mountain you get some negative momentum too and so that played into it. But I, I do hope and feel that he started to catch, you know, a, a skip in his step here in the last ten days. Um, as our team has, we got healthy and guys that had struggled or had been struggling or trying to find their way back from injury uh, or poor performance started to, to you know, uh, Officer do some impact, and, and he was one of those guys. And so I think at the right time, we started to see someone that might be resuscitating right in time. And But we'll see how it plays out. First and foremost, see how he plays tonight. And, and, and if we're fortunate enough to move forward, see how he, he plays as, uh, as uh, if we're lucky enough to advance. And 
again, we're betting on him a lot of different ways, defending him because I know he's you know a subject of uh, great discussion and debate and attack at times, and some of it's you know warranted, but uh, but you know the good ones you know you you walk through fire with, and I think he has a chance to be a really good one for a long time, and and so uh, although the season hasn't gone the way he wanted, you know he still has a change a chance to change that narrative with some really positive performance uh, at the most important time. Talking with Brian Cashman, how about Andujar's year? Right, I mean, you had to be uh, not only pleasantly surprised. I mean, would would it, would it be as far as shock, or would, could you ever have foreseen this kind of season for him? Well, I mean, the bat's not a surprise. Obviously, uh, you know, you know, I can't tell you we foresaw it because I wouldn't trade it for Brandon Drury if I did. So right. we, we felt, you know, we felt that he could use another year of development to finish off on the defensive side. The bat we knew could play um, immediately, and um, but again, when you're as talented as, as a player like him, amongst others, they dictate when they're ready, and, and he proved obviously his time was now, and he had obviously a huge impact on this team and why we're you know playing in this game tonight and uh had some amazing accomplishments and i certainly hope he wins the rookie of the year because i think he deserves it um, oh, so amazing season and got better as the year went on too yeah, I mean, not yeah. only that he just got stronger and stronger as it bats got better as the season went on yeah he really did so i you know, real proud of him he's always you know throughout the throughout his minor league career before he got to the major leagues he was someone that extremely hard worker. The makeup was off the charts. The attitude, the hunger, the passion, the positivity was always there. And um, and so he's earned every step of the way. Real proud of the career he's carving out for himself. And obviously there's there's still a ceiling and growth that can make him even better uh, as he gets uh, more experience and settles in. Uh, but he's certainly a big reason why uh, where we're at today. I mean, this is a 23-year-old kid with 76 extra base hits who hits 300. I mean, that's a remarkable year. It really is. But uh, the other thing is, um, at 23, you want him to find a position because his bat's so good. Do you feel he can become a legitimate? Now, I've, we've seen guys. I've seen guys. Nettles wasn't a great third baseman when he started. He was, as a matter of fact, he wasn't great at all. I mean, Hauk was saying, you know, I remember when he was making a bunch of errors, Ralph Hauk protected him, and he turned out to be a great third baseman. Now, I'm not asking for that, but, I mean, do you see him becoming a legitimately solid third baseman? We hope so. I mean, uh, I agree with you. I mean, I remember Wade Boggs coming through the minor leagues with the Red Sox and then ultimately winning gold gloves at the major league level. I remember Mike Lowell was a third baseman with us that, you know, a lot of people felt at the time might not last the position and he'd have to move to first. Uh, and he was uh, an amazing uh, third yep. baseman once he was finished off. So, uh, uh, so the, you know, people can get better. There's no doubt about it if, they, if they're focused and hungry to do, to do so. He is. He's that kind of kid, right? Yeah, exactly. he really is. So, right. so that, you know, that obviously gives you hope because there is areas of improvement for that position for him uh, but he's also you know taken huge strides from from two years ago to where he's at today so um, so he's really you know again uh, he, he's he's earned a lot of the accolades and there's more to, to come I think as, as he moves forward in his career and uh, and I you know I have thank a lot of people here because constantly challenged along the way you know uh, teams trying to trade for a guy like Andohar when he was at A ball or double A AA or triple A so when we were in positions of all right we have a playoff contending team two years ago you know or even last year for instance you know teams are coming after and knocking on our door about him and and uh, our player development people our pro scouting people our analytics people you know our performance science people all obviously putting their words in of you know who's a must keep and who who's more okay to move and 
and he was a must keep. So, uh, so you know, I'm glad that you know he arrives the way he did, uh, impacts us the way he has, and justifies all the must keep conversations over the last two to three years. That uh, when he, we were challenged on, do we trade him for something else? We're talking with Brian Cashman. You made the change at manager. I don't have to ask you if he did a good job. He won 100 games. I mean, he didn't win a division, but he still won 100 games, which is quite an achievement in any year uh, to win 100 games. What did you get from uh, Boone this year that, that you liked? Uh, I mean, he, he did a great job. I mean, managing this club, and especially, you know, if you're grading him on the scale of somebody who hadn't done it before, I mean, just a remarkable, uh, uh, you know, he honored the interview essentially in the end of the day that everything he was in that interview it played out the way we you know foresaw from that interview and and that's that's a hard thing i guess to to be able to say and i'm thankful i can say it because you know being in a boardroom with a lot of different people going through q's and a's and and uh and and how would you handle this and what would you do that and but everything just like the guy turning the clock back that told told us honestly, uh, you know, when he hurt himself on the basketball court, you know, he was honest and direct. He was honest and direct in his interview here, and and uh, and he's walked the walk. He's done, he's been exactly as advertised and what we thought he could be, and and uh, and so you know he should be very proud of the year he's had, uh, 100 wins, managing this team. You know, obviously we've had a lot of talent, no question about it, but the talent wasn't always there on the field and. And the division with that team that's, uh, that finished ahead of us in Boston, especially, you know, the year they had, and obviously two other 101 teams in our, or Houston, obviously being a 101 team, and, and Cleveland, and the guys that were playing today, the uh, the Oakland A's, you know, they easily could have won 100 games if that third baseman didn't get hurt for the first two months of the season as well. So, so he's done a great job, and we're lucky that uh, we ran into him during the interview process. Are you spooked at all? I think this is part of you know my Yankee lineage, but that the team is so right-handed. I mean, you know, we're always weaned on the idea of having left-handed power in this ballpark. I mean, you have a very right-handed team. You start a very right-handed team tonight. Does that bother you at all? No, um, it doesn't. I'll be honest. I mean, with the way the shifting has gone on, and and if you have the right right-handed uh, amount of hitters that can use the whole ballpark. All ballparks not necessarily the same ballpark, obviously, as the, the old Yankee stadiums because, you know, uh, you can get a ball out of here in all, in, in, in all parts of the stadium. A lot easier in left and center than the old days. No Correct. Question. So no I, question. I think between the shifts and the kind of the dimensions being a little different in this new facility and the way the ball carries here, it kind of maybe limits the you know the the old you know home field advantage with a bunch of left-handed hairy monsters that we used to play on but big left-handed hitters that are in the box in big games still scare the heck out of you in this place you know because they can hit anything out of this ballpark to le- to right field no no question no question about it and obviously if we could have more balance we would but it's just the way you know sometimes the way it shakes out you know you know so you know when we ran into judge in the draft he was right-handed but we took the best player regardless when when we traded for Glaber Torres. You know he was right-handed, but we but we took the player that was best available, regardless. And you know we signed Gary Sanchez. Uh, you know I can go on and on and on. Right. You know uh, you know so when the injuries hit and you know Judge was down and the best outfield option out then on the trade market was McCutcheon, and uh, he just happens to be right-handed. So it's more of a so be it rather than you know. Uh, at any point get allergic to it and uh it's just how the the cookie crumbled and and we're we're okay with that because it's it's just the best players collectively we can get our hands on whether it's development trade uh international sign or a you know draft and it just just the way it played out 
Can you remember a year uh, where there's more talent in a, in a in a one league than there is in this American League? I mean, three hundred win teams. Cleveland could have won 100 games if they got pushed. You mentioned Oakland. You could have had five teams that were quality that could have been 100-type win teams. Oakland wins 97. Cleveland, if they had a reason to, probably could have won 100. I mean, that. I don't remember the quality of, of a playoff. I remember one team, maybe even two, but this is where every team is really good in the American League. It's kind of like the Western Conference, the NBA. Yeah, you know, it's really strong. I mean, any of these teams could win. Would you be surprised if anybody won in the American League? Maybe Oakland, but other than that, would you be surprised if Houston won or Cleveland won or you won or Boston won? You wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, I think we're all capable of running the table, and, and but the way this game is you know, uh, played out and the way it, it can act at times on you, there's probably some you know, a uh, much lesser talented team in the na- National League that's just waiting in the wings to, to, to somehow surprise the world at the same time. So it's just the way it is. But I agree with you without question. Uh, I think the best baseballs here in the American League, the, the best teams are here in the American League. And, and if you play a season out in the year in and year out basis 100 times over, the true champions should come out of this league uh, and try predicting it. That's why, you know, I don't recommend anybody betting on baseball because this would be not a safe bet to bet on anybody because I think each team is equally, uh, you know, capable of, of doing some serious damage and, and running the table. Well, look, uh, good luck. I know tonight's a tense game right from the get-go. I mean, these one-game ones I know are, uh, are tough to take. You guys get, you've gotten used to it, though. You've been in it enough. I mean, you've kind of, this game has become part of uh, recent October heritage. So, I mean, you're getting used to these wild-card games, right? Yeah, I get used to it, especially in the, it allows you to control emotions, recognizing, you know, you it's a waste of time to have any right now and and so i don't have butterflies i'm just waiting for it all start and and what will be will be and i certainly hope what will be will be our best baseball against their best baseball and then if that's the case we'll take our chances all right thanks very much for coming on appreciate it thank you good luck all right brian cashman back after this